0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Air Magique. I'm your host Eric and with me is my amazing co-host Niels. Hello everyone. Today we talk about the Harry Potter Studio Tour in the UK, which is
1: already our third episode of the Air Magique European Theme Park Spotlight. Yes. Although this tour is not a theme park, of course, it's a cool themed experience, I think. And Eric has been there. But let's maybe first chat about my last Disneyland Paris experiences as I went back to the Magic two times in August. Very, very exciting. Yes, let's chat about the tips. Where did you stay? Um, I went back two times and on my way uh, to our camping in the French uh, Vendée uh, for a summer holiday, we stopped at Disneyland Paris, which was like halfway from the Netherlands to the camping site. Very convenient. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so mid-August, we stayed first at the uh, Three Stars Campanile Partner Hotel, nice. which used to be the Kiriat uh, Hotel in the past which is just outside the Disney bubble. And end of August, we stayed, uh, well, that was on our way back uh, home, at the two-star B&B Partner Hotel, which is uh, in the same street as the the Campanile, together with three more other partner hotels. And these two hotels are, well, in the value-for-money segment, I think. The other partner hotels are a bit more themed and also (laughs) a bit more expensive uh, for that reason. (laughs) These two Well, they're a bit more basic, maybe, uh, but they're good options to stay close to the magic in an uh, affordable way. Yeah. And uh, well, both hotels took the necessary uh, COVID-19 measurements, of course, uh, like no housekeeping during your stay, uh, since it is not allowed to let people in the room except for the family um, (laughs) that is, uh, well, renting the room,
0: of course. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: So they don't let uh, any housekeeping or maintenance in while you're there.
0: So if you stay there for a week, you got to be really careful Well, <laughs> to, with your towels yeah, but and everything. Both or... hotels
1: offered uh, the opportunity to request fresh towels from the front desk. So you can uh, get your towels okay. uh, yourself every day. <laughs> and breakfast was available, uh, but not as a buffet. At the Campanile, you took a tray and you walked along uh, the buffet and you had to request what you wanted to eat. Okay. While mm-hmm. at the B&B hotel, it was quicker and organized a bit more efficient with... <laughs> well more people serving guests as you got a paperback with a croissant and a baguette when you came yeah, in okay. and then you had several options to request like yogurt, cereals uh, some cheese and Nutella uh, e- even some cakes nice. and I think the campanile breakfast was a bit more extensive with some English breakfast type options like scrambled eggs and bacon, beans and well some more stuff but, uh, yeah, at the Campanile, breakfast is paid while it is included in every stay at the B&B uh, hotel. So, uh, yeah. You get what you uh, pay for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so the B&B one is, is, is a cold breakfast, uh, but it's uh, pretty good, uh, I have to say. Uh,
0: That's yeah. great. I love... The photos you posted of them, it looked super sleek and modern, even if it was minimally themed. I thought it was very yeah. nice and clean looking. And exactly. It's so interesting with the room service, though. Like I, That just blew my mind because in Germany, we've been staying at hotels here and there when we're visiting other cities, mm-hmm. and they do allow room service into the hotel oh. room. Okay. R- right now so <laughs> yeah you still get regular service um, yeah
1: interesting I, I first thought that it was just uh well something that the campanile hotel did but then on our way yeah. back we stopped at the b b hotel and they well did exactly the same so uh, yeah
0: perhaps it's like a french regulation or something maybe it is yeah yeah and i have to say that
1: although the the campanile uh, hotel is well step higher eh, as, as three stars mm-hmm. instead of two. I think the beds were a bit more comfortable at the B&B. Oh. Uh, and this was <laughs> actually the only hotel that I experienced with a good shower pressure.
0: <laughs> oh my in, gosh, in, in, that in, 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 is so In the important. Disney area.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I don't
0: understand why that's so difficult. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Or,
1: well, what, the temperature <laughs> being different all the time. But uh, no, oh, th- th- yes. this was a pretty good shower. The only thing was that
0: I'm a bit too long. <laughs> so the, the average French guest is probably a bit smaller that is one of those things too yeah from the uh, santa fe to the cheyenne i feel like the shower at the cheyenne is so much better than at the santa fe yeah, yeah it is yeah
1: that was more recently renovated and maybe yeah. they took into consideration uh, updated the, pipes. the length of uh, <laughs> yeah of, of of guests from other countries uh, as well so uh, but uh, no but, but but both stays were quite uh, comfortable very
0: cool and you haven't stayed at a disney hotel since covid began right no no, indeed. no. Okay, no. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they also do the whole minimal room service approach. But seeing that as those two hotels are doing it, I'm guessing they are too. Yeah, I think so too. And and these are partner hotels, so yeah, there might be some. Uh, yeah. Well, things that they uh, Correlation. exchange, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm well,
1: I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not completely sure. No.
0: So, how did crowds compare to your July visit? Um, well, it
1: definitely was a bit busier uh, these visits uh, uh, compared to the July visits, which was just after the reopening. Crowds were extremely low at that time; uh, almost felt like having the parks for your own, uh, with really short wait times all day. Oh, Wow! Uh, even big Thunder Mountain was in July like five minutes around noon yeah crazy really, well, amazing <laughs> but now in august wait times were definitely higher but still low compared to eh, what we're used to but yeah 15 to 45 minutes for a lot of rides was was quite normal now it's not too bad oh it's it not too bad uh at all uh, so so yeah i, I think 45 minutes that, that was for rides like uh tower of terror right. um rc racer Crush coaster Uh, Big Thunder. Or maybe not even for Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror usually was like 15 to 25 minutes so it was not bad uh, bad at all.
0: I've been checking in on the Disneyland Paris app on a regular basis and while the weekend does see higher wait times during the week you've got these like super low wait times. Uh, Crush's Coaster like is hovering around forty minutes, which is something you like yeah. never see. <laughs> That's super no, low and it's a coaster. low capacity
1: ride, right? so it's uh, yeah. So yeah, forty minutes is really a good uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good fantastic. Way to, uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and Tower of Terror was like hovering around uh, ten minutes, which basically means uh, walk on. So <laughs> mm. yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah.
1: It is so, uh, yeah, and uh, well, I hope Disney won't let in more people than well what we experienced uh, on these August trips. As it could be quite crowded in some areas, eh? especially the areas where people cross each other to hop uh, to another land. Uh, uh, so yeah. I can imagine. It, 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 yeah, this was well just okay for me, and I uh, well. <laughs> went away when I saw well really big crowds and, and just chose something else to do. So, That's the uh, right thing to do I think. <laughs> yeah, it really depends on well how you handle it yourself and uh, there are so many well smaller rides that are just walk-ons or just five 10 minute uh, uh, waits uh, that you can uh, do while well the bigger crowds uh, do their thing and and when everyone is having lunch uh, then you can easily write uh, big thunder in yeah
0: so <laughs> something like that were the cast members still like pointing out people who were maybe not following the mask guidelines and all that stuff yes i saw that uh, a couple of times uh, happening yeah that's nice yeah
1: but, but, of course, there are also situations where they don't see it. Or, well, right. There are always people <laughs> not <laughs> um, applying or uh, well, obeying to the rules. Totally. Um, Sadly uh, true. <laughs> on, the, on, on, on the stickers, yeah. uh, not wearing their face mask, or not wearing it correctly. And just putting it under their nose. so Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just, you see
0: that so yeah, much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> of course, they're covering their mouth, but it's yeah. not enough. And it's... Uh, well, it's not. Uh, <laughs> how they should wear it, uh, and actually, and that that was really bad. A couple of uh, people working at the uh, Planet Hollywood restaurant uh, oh, were gosh. doing it.
0: Okay, so this is my Corona pet
1: peeve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but
0: but that's something that
1: wouldn't happen in a Disney-operated restaurant. Yeah, okay, yeah. As Disney cast members, really well trained, wear.
0: Yeah, <laughs> wear their face marks in the correct way and keep the distance uh, Yeah, one thing that I've also been seeing around here a lot which always bugs me to no end is when people, okay, when they talk they pull their mouse mm-hmm. down to talk to you and then they pull it back up and I'm like that just beats <laughs> the entire purpose <laughs> Yeah. so they're wearing the
1: mask when no one right, is around they're wearing the mask when they're not talking <laughs> and when they come close yeah, to then you like, start pull talking. it down to talk yeah, I'm it it like oh my gosh
0: are you kidding me that is like the worst time to yeah. pull down your mask man <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah anyway <laughs> other than yeah, that um, did you have any uh, highlights from your last visit Niels well
1: for me a highlight was riding the the Disneyland Railroad again oh yes probably the first time for me in about two years isn't um, that crazy yeah I think it was closed for like
0: One and a half year, right? It feels like forever. I'm not exactly sure what the exact timing was, (laughs) but yes, at least. I I lost track too.
1: (laughs) But I I think it's not an attraction that I'm used to do every visit. It's it's quite time consuming with relatively long waits, limited operation times from, let's say, 10 to 5, I think. And it's around 20 minutes to ride a full loop around the park. So it's not something that I do every visit usually, but uh, yeah, I was really, really happy that I was able to do it this time. Yeah. And of course, the time also depends a bit on how many people and strollers (laughs) get on and off every (laughs) uh, time that the the train stops at the station. Uh, But it was great to experience it again and to see the neat details of the train itself and yeah. The unique architecture of each of the stations, uh, especially the main street one. They it's are so, so
0: gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Just
1: like the streets and the arcades, the main street one is full of tiny, tiny details in the yes. architecture and nice elements that yeah that, that you really have to look for, like the stained glass windows yeah, that represent the four lands, the, the, the totally. red organ that is there, the luggage storage. It's... It, it really makes the station feel alive together with the soundtrack of the station sounds and the yeah, announcements and the old style, yeah, including some <laughs> some humor. So yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it again. It's
0: such a lovely experience. This is also the best thing that I recommend for first-timers who've never been in the park to get like a really great overview. Mm. Yeah, I just love riding the yeah. railroad. It's so much it's fun. So I did look it up. It closed on November 5th, 2018. So it was almost two years until it open back up
1: wow yeah
0: insanity (laughs) yeah
1: and the frontierland depot the frontierland station which is also very beautiful and and was just restored to its former glory so that is open again
0: yes so
1: gorgeous yeah and i think we were the only family that was in the last carriage of the train that made it really (laughs) special as it felt a bit more (laughs) empty and like a train for ourselves (laughs)
0: so cool i saw the photo and the seats are so gorgeous it's like this wood and then you've got all these little details in the carriage itself um, these little metal uh, i don't even know what to call them metal figurines on top of the seats right on the left and right so it's very yeah, cool yeah little details yes. and, uh, Yeah, and uh, figurines and due to the COVID-19 measurements the trains have
1: marked places where you're allowed to sit very good just like the station had squares on the ground uh, to wait per family do they leave one row empty well the seats are in let's say u shape in every part of the train so okay they use let's say two sides of the u <laughs> one long side one small side the bottom side of the u to sit and then Uh, the other part is uh, well marked with uh, red crosses okay that that way uh, if people uh, well (laughs) respect that then um, there will be enough distance uh, with the people in the next uh, compartment yeah did
0: you feel like it was enough for you personally yeah in our situation
1: it was uh, pretty uh, pretty good and um, yeah and of course it's open so there's fresh air yeah that's important that's that's also helping so it's uh, like an well semi-outdoor attraction (laughs) (laughs) You won't get wet when it's raining, but... uh, You still get a lot of fresh air. um, Nice. Fresh air, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so and finally, where did you guys eat? (laughs) Of course, let's talk about food. Yes. (laughs) We we had to
1: eat anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I combine the two stays to keep it easy. We had dinner both times at uh, Planet Hollywood in uh, Disney Village. As I just mentioned, they touched up the whole interior a bit, uh, just like the menu. And the tables have more space in between each other now, of course. And the music is still uh, as loud as, <laughs> as we were used to. But they don't film families anymore and, and put them on the big screens uh, nowadays. So yeah. that's something that uh, was uh, cut out. And well, I don't think it's... Excellent food, but it's definitely good value for money, Mm -hmm. especially for a theme park. Well, and they have something for everyone uh, on the menu. I had a grilled salmon twice, (laughs) which I really liked. It uh, comes with uh, teriyaki sauce and um, harigo ver, some rice. That's my favorite. My wife had pokeball one time, which is probably a new course. I think so too, because I don't remember seeing that on the menu last time. No, me neither. Yeah, and, and well, She thought it was just okay. It was not bad, but also not the quality that we're used to. uh, Right. (laughs) And one time she had the LA lasagna, which is a classic uh, for them. And I think we even had it in the Planet Hollywood over
0: in uh, Orlando. That's a pretty good uh, lasagna. I love the chicken crunch there. That is my favorite thing ever. It is so good. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only like fried chicken that in my opinion can hold up to KFC. (laughs) Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. KFC is pretty good, especially the spicy ones that's uh I
0: really yes like. yeah i have to admit though i think kfc in europe tastes better than it does in the states which is super weird because it's from there yeah but here they seem to have some kind of policy where they always make it super fresh mm-hmm. whereas True. when i've eaten it in the states it was often very dry so i don't know why i didn't really like it uh, when i was living in yeah. tennessee but since i moved to germany i'm all about that kfc maybe it was already prepared earlier yes yeah it must have been
1: we also ate at uh, annette's Always a favorite uh, (laughs) to visit for a good burger. I took the blue cheese one this time, which is really good. Well, if you like blue cheese, of course. Uh, So it's a French touch to (laughs) an American classic. So good. For lunch, we had Mickey waffles one day from the old mill. We went to the pizza outpost in Adventureland one time. Oh, okay. Well, their four cheese pizza was pretty good for a theme park pizza, I have to say. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's not that crusty. As uh, what I'm used to uh, right. from a, a real Italian restaurant. But this one, taste was pretty good. Yeah, and I even made a cast compliment uh, via Twitter for the guy managing the queue uh, over there. Oh, nice. And he was really focused on having guests keeping the right distance while moving the line efficiently. Always appreciated. Yeah and assigning parties to, well, the order desks. And yeah, he was really good. So uh, yeah, that uh, I felt the need to uh, make him a compliment as I had my pizza in just 10 minutes. while well, there were quite a lot of people uh, waiting and well, and, and he kept it safe and that was really, uh, really good. Other than that, uh, we've tried the um, Lion King shortbread cookies. Ooh. The blue one uh, with chocolate and uh, cocoa. Those it, look so uh, beautiful. It, it, yeah, and that was my favorite. It really tasted good. I also had a hot dog from uh, a food truck in the studios for lunch one day uh, with no wait at all. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> uh, like so always So that's why impossible. I chose that one. <laughs> yeah. As there was, well, not a huge line, but there was quite a line in the studio one uh, mm-hmm. for a burger. So um, yeah, I saw no one waiting um, at that hot dog uh, food truck. So uh, yeah, that was an obvious choice for me. And I have to say that I never waited longer than around minutes for a lunch drinks snacks
0: i approve that seated. is the the right amount of yeah. time to wait yeah. for food and,
1: and whether it was to get seated or to order something from a kiosk uh, it was around five to ten. Minutes. Oh, that's great maybe a couple of minutes longer but it was uh, pretty good so uh, yeah even though not all restaurants were open or not at every moment of the day. It was manageable uh, to get something uh, <laughs> to drink or eat. Uh, you just yeah. kind of
0: took it as it came. Like looking what was open, what wasn't open. And I think that's the right way to do it at Disneyland Paris, honestly. Because you never really know mm-hmm. when something's going to be open. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> which you is don't. such a bummer. But it's, yeah. It's, yeah really it's open the up the it.
1: app um, in the morning and check which restaurants are open yes. that day. Because, well, it, it can really vary
0: per day. Totally. Now
1: over to Harry Potter, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, so let's uh, talk about uh, the studio tour
0: in the, in the UK. So when have you been there, uh, Eric and... What made you decide to visit? Yeah, so this has always been a dream of mine. While I visited the Wizarding World in both Orlando and Japan Universal Parks, the studio tour was one big to-do that I really wanted to cross off my uh, Potterhead list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a great air travel connection from London to Dresden, so... It was very convenient for us to get there. Just to be clear, we visited the studio tour in 2019. So it was before Mm -hmm. COVID-19 and all the new regulations they implemented. We made the mistake of not buying the tickets early enough, which I would recommend doing so at least two months in advance, if not longer. Right. All the entry slots are strictly timed, even before Corona, and now even more oh, so. Yeah. can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are None were available over the official website. So what we ended up doing was booking through a bus tour travel agency, which was quite convenient because they drove from central London to the studios which are about an hour's drive really more like two hours drive from the city center because of traffic okay so let's dive right in what exactly oh so wait (laughs) that's you sorry Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) no worries (laughs) okay my bad I'll yeah. i'm just reading your <laughs> lines like okay, <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> oh, that's actually quite funny and then you have to answer it yourself right <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm or, just or talking uh, myself
0: you can yeah. just lean back now that's fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay let's dive into it what exactly <laughs> is the harry Potter studio tour eric and is it a guided tour or do you walk around freely yourself uh, what, what can you see and do so any Interactive elements,
0: maybe? Yeah, so like the name implies, you are touring the quote-unquote studio or sound stages where most of the films were shot and produced. They do mention the following several times that there are no quote-unquote Rides or attractions, since many visitors seem to mistakenly expect some sort of Universal-esque theme park experience. (laughs) What you do get is an incredibly detailed look at several of the original sets, like the Great Hall, the Forbidden Forest, Platform 9 and 3 quarters, Diagon Alley, and Gringotts Wizarding Bank. All are impeccably maintained and highly detailed since many were used in the films, not to mention countless original props and costumes, as well as the story of how they were manufactured and utilized, Mm. (laughs) which I thought was really cool. Yeah. There's also an extra, quote unquote, (laughs) backstage area that comes later in the tour where you step inside the creature VFX and art departments. The tour is self-guided, however, there is so much to read, look at, and monitors playing short videos explaining the process. So you never really feel lost. There are also several photo opportunities available, both curated with a photographer for an upcharge, (laughs) as well as free or better yet um, included photo spots. So it's very Instagrammable. They did a really great job. If you guys want to see some of those pics, check out the Hermagique social channels and Instagram page, for example. I'll be posting some from our oh, trip. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you're lucky enough to um, live in the UK, United States, Australia, Canada, Ireland, or New Zealand, you can download the Wizarding World app and scan enchanted keys that are yeah, basically QR codes that are scattered throughout the exhibit to access extra content like secret quizzes videos and more just to enhance your visit sadly as (laughs) I'm currently living in Germany that was not available to me oh that's a pity yeah it's kind of a bummer I don't really understand why they're restricted to those countries I guess they're all English speaking countries but I guess that's it yeah there are also a few interactive elements notably in the animatronic warehouse where you can press several buttons to activate the mechanical creature effects as well as motion activated giant spiders in the forbidden forest which is a bit frightening for small children i might add that they do have a so-called safe or not scary route that you can take which is appropriate for (laughs) all ages <laughs> since it is quite intense you see those massive spiders just dropping down from the ceiling and they're huge just like they're in the movie so it's, oh, it's really, cool. really for cool. me i was yeah. like this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> but i can imagine this is uh, like a trauma moment for children <laughs> eight and under <laughs> <laughs> plus several of the scenes and props feature their respective soundtracks or sound effects which adds a nice level of immersion to the experience yeah i
1: can yeah. imagine that's really cool oh, that sounds uh, sounds really good and do they offer guided tours or is it Only possible to do the self-guided version.
0: You could rent like an audio guide. Oh, right. But I didn't, you didn't really need to. It was an upcharge. We didn't do it. And we also didn't see anybody with a guided tour. Perhaps if you contact uh-huh. them, you can book that, but I didn't see any of that offered on the website itself. So no. I would say on regular, no, there is no guided tour, but um, right. maybe if you ask nicely and you come with a large group of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you get some well extra insights eh, if
1: you yeah, uh, have that's a real life true. person uh, <laughs> doing all the talks and uh, well, you can ask your questions. So that that's something that I usually like. But, totally. Uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So
0: what was your favorite part of the tour? Okay. So I have to admit I have two. <laughs> oh well, what are your favorite parts <laughs> yeah, of the tour? Yeah, yeah. There, there are two that were just so standoutish to me. So this the first one is kind of a spoiler, so if you don't want to hear about this, skip ahead like three minutes or so. Mm-hmm. When you start the tour, you enter through a theater which plays a small highlight reel to get you in the Harry Potter mood. <laughs> As you would expect, the reel consists of iconic moments from the films. Now, towards the very end, and I love this, the film shows a cool aerial shot of Hogwarts and zooms right to the main gates. The screen splits open, and there's the real physical main entrance oh, to the castle. Wow. So, yeah, it's so The cool. magic is opening in front of your eyes. Yes, it was so brilliant. And, yeah, they ask a few kids to come up and help push open the door, so that's another great photo opportunity for parents Mm -hmm. and you step right into the fantastic great hall, which is 100% screen accurate. It looks absolutely gorgeous with floating candles and the wooden tables with little dents and things in it. So it really feels like very lived in and used, which is super cool. I just adored the concept because you're literally stepping into the movies through the screen, which is kind of, I think, also the inspiration that Mickey's and Minnie's Runaway Railway borrowed. Yeah. <laughs> that idea for the pre-show as well. So exactly, this was yeah. before that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. so, we yeah. with, so we see what you did there,
1: uh, Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. They were, I think
0: they were very inspired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I adored was getting to walk through the original Hogwarts Express carriages in chronological order. So, what that means is that when you enter the train, the first compartment is as it was seen in the first film, the next as it was seen in the second, and so on. So, each compartment also features key original props that were utilized during filming. I especially enjoyed this because a grave. Really great insight into the evolution of the set design and subtle changes to the space that you might only notice peripherally while watching the films and yet have an impact on the overall tone and visual language. Plus, it's the Hogwarts Express. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So you're actually walking
1: through the different Harry Potter stories.
0: Yes, exactly. So you're walking basically through the um, train's hallway and you have the mm-hmm. compartments on the left hand side so you can peek oh, in right. of course all the doors are locked so you can't you know <laughs> sit and <laughs> but they do have a paid photo opportunity that it's staged just like a compartment so you can take a picture with your family ah, okay and it looks like yep. you're in the real Hogwarts Express which is <laughs> okay. super cute
1: well some practical things then uh, so how long takes an average visit uh, do you think and Is it expensive?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so on average, I would say the visit takes four to five hours. If you really go in depth, that is, I think you can rush through it in three, but you would be missing out some really great details and photo opportunities. I wouldn't recommend that. No. <laughs> if you book a bus tour to the studios, your schedule will look something like this departure from Victoria Station at 10 a.m., enter the tour at 12 p.m., depart back to London at 4 30 p.m., and arrive back at Victoria Station at around 6 p.m. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so, yeah, it's going to take yeah. the whole day. And, yeah, trust me, it's pretty much just as exhausting as visiting a regular theme park. So, <laughs> you'll probably be completely beat afterwards. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll also be paying. About 91 euros per person if you book a to and fro bus tour. Yeah. And if you have your own mode of transportation, like a car rental, you'll be paying 47 euro per person. Okay. Again, COVID-19 regulations are in full effect. You can only pre-book your tickets at the moment. There's no sale at the gate. All other regulations are pretty much the same as those that you would be finding at Disneyland Paris. So all-day face masks, social distancing, and limited capacity, right. etc. Yeah.
1: Well, let's move on to, uh, well, one of the most important things, food. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Can you tell us something about uh, the food offering? Do they have
0: themed snacks or drinks, or is it just a plain offering? First and foremost, they have butterbeer, y'all. <laughs> oh, right. <Yeah. laughs> the well, famous about- Universal Parks butterbeer. Yeah. But let me backtrack here for just a second. So there are a total of four cafes on location, three before and one in the ticketed area. Right. First, the ones you can visit without a ticket. So that is the Chocolate Frog Cafe, which is inspired by the iconic Wizarding (laughs) Confectionery. The Chocolate Mm -hmm. Frog Cafe serves a selection of sweets and treats. I would say that it is themed, but not Immersive, since it's very okay. open and located right in the first sound stage that one also passes through to get in the ticketed area. So you can expect to find specialty hot chocolate, ice cream, and a range of cookies. The Chocolate Frog Cafe opens at the same time as the studio tour, and it remains open throughout the day, so you can pretty much go there anytime you want. Now, due to COVID-19, the Chocolate Frog Cafe and really all the following food and beverage locations are serving up a limited menu. So just so everyone's aware, right. you will currently not be able to get everything on the full menu. Yeah. On the other side of the soundstage, so basically right across from it, is the Hub Cafe, which is the least themed of them all. Um, The Hub Cafe is basically Starbucks, and it serves hot and cold drinks. It it also serves official Starbucks hot and cold drinks, so it's this kind of semi-licensed situation Mm -hmm. going on here. (laughs) You can also get grab-and-go sandwiches and bakery items throughout the day. Now, even though the theming is nothing to write home about, the location is incredibly convenient as it is located right by the entrance and you get a great view of the massive dragon that hangs from the ceiling in the first soundstage, which is another great free photo opportunity. Yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Situated in the studio tour hub, the food hall serves breakfast, British hot and cold dishes, sandwiches, as well as a selection of drinks and baked goods. It's themed to the Great Hall, but in a designy and minimalistic manner. So you still get the floating candles, mm-hmm. though the whole thing feels very minimal. So you don't get all that detail as you do in the real Great right. Hall yeah. set. Otherwise, there's nothing to
1: experience anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In,
0: the, in the actual tour. <laughs> <laughs> very true. You can tell it's supposed to be the Great Hall. There's just enough there. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Now onto the Ticketed Area Cafe. The Backlock Cafe is the only place you can get your Butterbeer fix. Just in case someone doesn't know, Butterbeer is a non-alcoholic beverage reminiscent of shortbread and butterscotch from the Wizarding World. (laughs) J.K. LOL approved the recipe (laughs) herself, and it is fabulous. The only take on butterbeer that I wish they had is the frozen butterbeer that you can find at Universal Studios Parks, which is my personal favorite. But the regular one from the Suter tour is fine <laughs> Alternatively, you can also opt for the butterbeer ice cream, which is available in a crispy cone as well as a souvenir dish. And mm, that was quite Sounds fast. good. <laughs> butterbeer is suitable for those with gluten, wheat, and nut allergies. It does, however, contain trace amounts of dairy, so it is not suitable for vegans or anybody who's lactose intolerant. Honestly, we had the butterbeer and a bit of the ice cream, as well as a lunch snack at the Batglaw Cafe. Since most of our time we spent, you know, just running around the exhibition. So we didn't spend too much time on food. <laughs> right. But it was just enough to get us through. <laughs> yeah. Is there um, a limited amount of time that you're allowed to stay in? No, no. You can take as much time as you want. Okay. You used to also be able to go back and forth. That mm-hmm. is no longer possible. So now it is a I understand. one-way yeah. stream only. <laughs> they have floor markers in place and um, right. employees that are watching over <laughs> just to make sure everything's moving in one direction. However, you can take as much yeah. time as you like. Yeah. So there's no need to... Well, rush eating (laughs) no 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 not at all no 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 no, exactly
1: and lastly souvenirs and merchandise i bet they have a shop uh, right and and, yes (laughs) anything special that you bought
0: over there oh yeah they have all the merch Uh, it's merchimus maximus open (laughs) there so there are (laughs) three shops which technically you need a ticket to enter all three although the last and largest which is the studio shop Mm -hmm. well since it's the classic example of exit through the gift shop, right. <laughs> You at least when I was there, you can get in there pretty easily without a ticket, and I actually left and went back in, and it wasn't a problem at all. Mm. I would say for that one, you technically don't need a ticket, although now with COVID-19, they might be monitoring yep. that more closely. Things might be different now. <laughs> yeah, you can find everything there from wands to chocolate frogs, posters, collectibles, and replicas. There's something there for, yeah, pretty much everyone, and the store is truly massive. In terms of size and variety, it serves up Emporium vibes, just like you would find on Main Street at Disneyland Paris. There are also two shops located within the ticketed area, the larger one being the Forbidden Forest Shop, which sells Aragog plush and peppermint toads. (laughs) (laughs) And it sells exclusive Forbidden Forest print designed by the graphic design duo Mina Lima, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, the railway shop is the smallest of the bunch, and it's located on Platform 9 and 3 quarters, and it offers just a smaller selection of souvenirs, gifts, and homeware, as well as some apparel and snacks. And you can pretty much find all that stuff in the studio shop that comes at the very end. So if you don't feel like carrying around all that good merch with you, I would recommend uh, just holding out to the end. Of course, if you do that, that one is also the busiest Mm, shop of them all. (laughs) Makes sense, (laughs) yeah. But everything is there in one place, right? Definitely, it is all there in one place at the end. So you won't be missing out. Actually, let me correct that for a second. (laughs) So the only thing that you might want to pick up in the tour itself are replicas. And some of the posters because they do, officially they do have all those at the end as well. But I've noticed that some were sold out in the large shops mm. while they still had them in the Forbidden Forest shop yeah. or the Platform 9 Three Quarters store. So perhaps if you're really dead set on a certain replica or rare item, you might just wanna purchase it right away just to be sure that you do get it. Get it while you can. (laughs) But other than that, like, yeah, all the plush and chocolate frogs and all that good stuff, you can get it at the end. Right. Yeah, and I got, yeah, I got a chocolate frog. Yeah. (laughs) which features a really cool lenticular uh wizarding card inside so it's got like a 3d portrait i got gilderoy lockhart (laughs) (laughs) which is like the lamest thing ever but it did feature a really cool portrait of him and it was all three dimensionally so that was really nice and i also got the um every flavored jelly bean which i feel like is a must the packaging is gorgeous and you get really nice things like apple cherry and uh, (laughs) you also get all the really (laughs) nasty stuff like boogers oh yeah i was wondering already (laughs) yeah so um, there's thankfully there's like a little colored chart at the back so you can tell exactly (laughs) which one is which but it's a nice way it's a nice gift for people that you don't like oh
1: yeah that's nice to uh,
0: give to people that you don't like yeah (laughs) just keep that uh, little chart at the back okay
1: well, thanks so much, uh, Eric, for uh, sharing all your interesting insights. Uh, well, at least I've learned something today, and uh, it sounds like a really interesting place to uh, to visit one day. Uh, even when you're not completely into Harry Potter, this uh, sounds like a really cool, uh, cool thing to yeah, do. Yeah,
0: it's fantastic for anybody that's even just broadly interested in how the films were made, or filmmaking yeah. in general, this is definitely the place to visit, since it gives you really in-depth knowledge, and you see the props for real, which is always super cool when you've seen them only on screen, mm, yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, two thumbs up for me. <laughs> yeah, can yeah. imagine. Niels, where can
1: people find you? Please follow me on uh, Instagram for some uh, daily magic. I'm at capturing Disney parks, and you can find uh, all my Disney parks activities from social media accounts with news, pictures, tips, and tricks my podcasts and um, fan spotlights
0: that I do uh, on uh, capturingdisneyparks.com. So cool. You guys, be sure to follow Eremagique on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for more neat Disneyland Paris content. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. It really makes a difference and helps new folks discover the show. Xanamum writes, Loving and real. This show is a delight to listen to. Both hosts are familiar and knowledgeable without being know-it-alls, loving the park without being gushy critical, without being nasty. They both seem like people you'd feel comfortable meeting. Real people, not podcast personas. I've never been to the park, but they formed a picture of visiting as good or better than a video. Bravo, definitely recommend. Oh, thank you so much, Sadie Mom. I really appreciate that. Fantastic. That's so cool. Well, thanks for sharing the love. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Really appreciate it. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Not sponsored any promotional or advertised content will be clearly identified. Air Magique is an unofficial podcast made with love and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries.